0: Hey Chica, welcome to the Lavalda Show, Women of Power Podcast, the show where women share their personal power tools, the techniques, strategies, and ways of being which have enabled their business and life success. I'm your host, Lavalda Vincenzi, a female speaker, mentor, speaker, and event host on a mission to unleash authentic, powerful female voices onto the world. In today's episode, we'll be uncovering the power tools of PR strategist, Amanda Fitzgerald. She is known by her clients as the ultimate door opener as she empowers them with her PR secrets on knocking down doors to get long sought after dream influencer and media contacts. She is passionate about helping ambitious, and inspirational entrepreneurs to self-promote with confidence and ease as she trains them on how to succeed at media pitches so that they can be seen everywhere. In addition to her personal power tools, Amanda shares PR secrets, including precisely where you should focus your efforts when you're starting out. You'll have to listen all the way to the end of the show for that, though. Remember, all links shared in the show can be found in the show notes. The only way to ensure that you get your regular fix of the show is to click that subscribe button to make sure that you get updates as soon as new episodes are added. Now, I think this is quite enough for me for now, so let's get on with the show. Hey, 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 welcome again to episode four of the LaVelda Show Women of Power podcast. If you are watching this on YouTube, then make sure you subscribe. If you are on, where else would you be? iTunes, Spotify, wherever it is, subscribe so you can get all of the latest because we are only just getting warmed up. So today's guest I'm super excited about. And I'm excited because let's face it, as business owners, who doesn't want to get our name out there in lights a little bit more? Like, who doesn't want to be featured in Forbes or featured in what I'm using Forbes because it's an international publication? Like, the rest of them have just dropped out of my head right now, which is not helpful when <laughs> you're recording. Um, so, she's known as the ultimate door opener. Please welcome
1: Amanda Fitzgerald. Hola, buenos dias, international audience. Thank you so much, the Lavelda, for inviting me here on your beautiful show. You, you're, you're so a PR lady. <laughs> I'm already PRing you. Yeah, sorry. It's just a natural thing I kind of do-ish.
0: <laughs> I swear to goodness, folks, I did not pay her to do that this time. Maybe next time. Maybe next time. So Amanda, for people who've never come across you before, can you tell us a little bit about you?
1: Okay, so what I do is I help people go from invisible to irresistible to the media. I help them literally have them, as you said earlier, have their name in lights, have them, um, basically if you are somebody who wants to be seen somewhere, I will help you knock that door down because I am known as the ultimate door opener and I love helping people not do it the traditional way that everybody's, you know, read up on a website how to get into Forbes, do it that way. No, I like to go under the table, around the table, over the table and just help people do things in a very different way than the standard.
0: Super resourceful. I'm gonna ask you like a dum-dum question cause I'm yeah. full of these, but I feel like they need to happen because sometimes we bat words around but don't really know what the heck they mean. Okay. So how would you distinguish between marketing and PR? What's the difference?
1: I would say PR is actually part of your marketing because marketing is all about getting you out there, whether you're doing, you know, you hear advertising and marketing, it's your messaging, what you're saying. So I would say they are kind of twinning each other a bit and it's just part of your marketing strategy. Do you have a PR strategy, you know, as part of that? So PR publicity, it's literally you getting seen getting speaking gigs that is now known as PR um getting on an online publication yes because everybody's on their phones 24 7 and also print i really hope it doesn't snuff it i really hope it does not die but print is really important as well and don't forget what i'm doing right now podcast this is pr uh tv shows radio shows so wherever you are seen and you are presenting yourself as the expert that is literally your pring yourself and so yes i would say that is marketing do
0: you need to have a particular type of personality to get into this? I mean, you're really super bubbly. For those people who are a little bit more, let's say, a little bit shy and reserved, it, can they do PR? Do you need to be that person who's just got, you know, that boisterous confidence about you where you could just kind of knock on a door and be like, hey, it's me.
1: You know, I have had clients who have started working with me being as meek and mild as a mouse, but yet they know they need to get out because what's the point of having the most amazing therapy, studio or whatever you do and nobody knows about you. So I say self-promo is the new black. Okay. so I know people hate self-promotion. I mean, even I do, for example, I had I was um, invited to um, I was nominated rather to become, you know, PR, the best PR advisor of the UK. And that meant I had to go out and ask for votes. When I got the email saying congratulations, Amanda, you know, you know, you've been, you've been less shortlisted, but you now need to go and get yourself some votes. I thought, oh my God. Are you jo-? I, I actually, me, look at how bubbly you think I am. <laughs> I actually thought of sending her an email back saying, sorry, I can't do it. Can you imagine? And then I spoke to a friend and she goes, what the, i am allowed to swear on this podcast? Go on then. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? And um, she goes, Amanda, you're all about self-promo, but yet when you have to do it for yourself, it is a really difficult... Hump and a hurdle that you need to get across, get over rather. But I always say, if you're not paying an expensive PR agency to, you know, to blow your trumpet, you need to actually do it yourself and learn how to do it in a nice way that's not going to piss people off. You're not going to come across a show off or a big head or anything like that, but actually just helpful you're nice you're knowledgeable and all the rest of it that is why people need to learn how to self-promote I you know I'm really into that and I literally call it it's a business life skill so if you've got a business and you're running your beautiful business Lavelda and I know you'll be able to do it but if you're a bit shyer it's just something that you can learn because I always say what is your big why why do you need why are you running your business is it to put money on the table? Is it to have luxury holidays? Is it this, that? Is it to do charity donations, whatever? You'll be running your business for one reason, but yet you actually need to uh, put yourself out there in a gentle manner so people actually know who the hell you are because otherwise you can't always rely on one word of mouth marketing, okay? Because those are the referrals. But if you manage to get yourself into the press, that is an esteemed journalist talking about you and it's not you doing an advert. Oh my God, I'm on a fucking roll today. <laughs> Check
0: you out. How on earth did you get into this? I mean, where do you start? How did you end up doing PR?
1: Okay, so it's a bit of a long story, but I'll keep it short and then we've only got 20 minutes or 30 minutes, whatever. Okay, the story is my mum is also an entrepreneur, so is my father. So they set up a business, or my mum set up her business. It was a mail-order business. She ended up turning over a million. And I'm going to say a lot of that was attributed mm-hmm. to her success in the press. She got into, when she first started her business, it was mail-order company selling beautiful beads from all around the world. And nobody knew about it. She uh, wrote a little letter to the Daily Mail uh, with, a, with some hand drawings of her beads that she sourced from all over the world, from the Philippines, Thailand, you name it, uh, Peru. And they loved it. And they said, can you send in some samples? So she sent in some samples and they did a photo shoot. She was in the Daily Mail and it literally launched her business. So she was getting sack loads. Was, you know, it was a cottage industry, literally. We, you know, she was working from the kitchen table. We got about eight sack loads of um, postal orders. In those days, it was back in the 1980s, the postman was getting a bad back.
0: Lovely. Wow.
1: letters saying, I want to order your catalog. She had a lovely catalog. Um, and it launched, it literally launched her business. Then she took on a PR agent, so she did that, she did herself. Then she took on a PR agent because she became too busy, you know, it was a massive business, massive thing she ran. And, I was, and we were living in Worcester, that's where she still lives. And I thought, ooh, I actually want to go to the King's Road because that's where her PR agent was based. I thought, this is a bit boring being in Worcester. I'm going to invent a job because I worked for her. She took me off, <laughs> God knows why. She, um, anyway, so I was working for my mum and I said, I want to go and help with the PR effort. And I didn't really know what the hell it would involve, but I loved it. I would go there, meet the woman, meet the PR agent, I'd learn what she was doing. I would then offer to go to the magazine houses to pick up the jewellery which they had borrowed. So I was also delving myself, you know, going into the magazine fashion, you know, style cab- cupboards, which were laden with samples and clothing, trying to fish out our jewellery. But again, going into the big magazine houses, it was just I thought, oh my god, I love this. So that's that. Then I got other jobs working, marketing agencies, blah, blah, blah. Then I had um, Felix, my son. He was in 2000, he was born in 2005. I wanted to go back to the the marketing agency I was working for, and they said no, because flexible working in those days was like so old-fashioned, but now everybody's flexible working. So I set up my own business, <clears throat> and I started to import, be, um, import beautiful knitwear from all around the world. So I was kind mm-hmm. of like, I'm such a copycat, aren't I? <laughs> I was copying my mummy and her success. And then, and so I launched my website. I thought, right, it's it's um, it's winter, it's knitwear. I need to get it out there. And how am I, how how is anybody gonna find out about my stuff? Oh yeah, my mum's success getting into the press. So I was like a banshee. I had two kids by this stage. And I went in to WH Smith with, with Nina in her little baby buggy, Felix toddling around. And I literally bought all the magazines I wanted to get into, brought them home, and then just literally started to smile and dial. I literally did. I picked up the phone and talked to fashion stylists, to journalists and all the rest of it and said, I've got this beautiful range. It's alpaca knitwear. And then I managed to get into Vogue. You know, many, I got into wow. most nationals, most, you know, all the glossies, which were relevant because my stuff. It's, it's a waitrose woman. It's kind of like high end knitwear. It's like 195 pounds for a lovely cardigan. Cause it's alpaca ethically made in Peru. And so that's what happened, but I actually didn't really like carrying stock. And I was always jealous of a hairdresser because all you're doing is literally using your scissors to make your money. Or people who were using their brain to make money and it was so stressful talking to the factory in Peru, importing the VAT. Oh my god, it did my nut in. And often the woman didn't answer my phone calls. Oh, anyway, I thought, do you know what? I love doing this because I'm helping, because it's ethically run, as I said. So Women there were getting paid a fair wage over in, um, over in Peru, et cetera, et cetera. But yet, because I got so much success getting into the press, I was having other people coming to me saying, Amanda, how do you do it? Can you help me get my business into the press? So I actually evolved to, um, to do PR. But actually, before I set up the PR, the knitwear business, I was running a small company called Promote Me. And I went to a business training session, and the man said, you've got to choose. Between, because I had to write a business, um, you know, business plan, and I had the idea of doing the knitwear business or the idea of doing promote me. So what did I do? I thought, okay, I'm going to copy my mum, do this knitwear because there's demand and all the rest of it. So it's almost like doing an MBA, running mm-hmm. your own business. We all know how bloody hard it is to juggle all those balls and all the rest of it. But I think it was a really wise decision that I kind of got my, you know, the blood, sweat and tears. I got through the whole thing. And now that's why I can help people who've got product businesses or service businesses to get themselves into the press. So that is now what I do. And I run a bit of a boutique agency, literally doing done for you PR, which means I would get people into the press. But now going back to my when I first started out, when I was running my knitwear business, I thought everybody needs to know how they can do it themselves. And Mm -hmm. so I train people how they can get themselves into the press. But we do, it's quite hybrid because it's like, um, it's done with you PR. So we do some done for you, but also we hold your hand and also bloody put your feet to the fire and push you to say, Lavelda, pick up the phone right now to the editor of Forbes. I'm going to listen in. I'm going to hear what you're saying and I'm going to critique it. (laughs) You know, so I help people do that kind of stuff as well.
0: Fabulous. I mean, I love that story because it's, It's not just teaching from the space of theoretics or having worked only in an agency where you've got all these resources, which is great, but but having been there yourself, started a business completely from scratch and managed to knock on those doors, actually that's got a lot of credibility behind it because there's many women who will be listening into this who are in those early stages. They don't have you know the the bucket loads of necessary cash sitting in the bank all the resources that the large larger companies have but they're competing in the same space so being able to speak from that experience having done it yourself done it for your mum and then done it sure. for your own business you you can actually understand what that Let's yeah. say psychological journey
1: is. We can't,
0: we can't. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a long it. journey.
1: Yeah, sure. And also I need to say that I, the, you know, alpaca knitwear was very rare in those days. I think it probably still is. And there was a huge organization called Peruvian Connection. My company was first called Peruvian Knitwear. I actually then changed it to Hum but they were in the press they were everywhere and they were mm-hmm. advertising and I thought oh my god how can I do it and I knew that the only way to compete with them would just to be getting some editorial so that is if you see your competitors don't be scared off by the big boys because they also like to hear from small boys as well or small chicks <laughs> the, the the small whizzy shaking and moving chicks
0: yes. okay um so you've had a lot of success in terms of PR and supporting other businesses and doing mm-hmm. it and building your own business from scratch. What would you say? Let's get to the heart of it. We've got three core cool things, right? What were your yeah. three, the three tools that your what are your power tools? What is it that you think really helped you be successful? Should we start um, with number one?
1: Right. Well, I'm going to say, in terms of my whole entrepreneurial journey, it started in, I would say, 2008. I'm going to say it's the three M's: masterminding, mentoring, and mates. (laughs) So, masterminding, mentoring, and mates. (laughs) Yeah. So basically, running a business, you need to be part of a, you know, if you can join a group of people who are all powerful. entrepreneurs, all, you know, all running their own different businesses and it's a mastermind and you can put your ideas together and they put their experience to you. So I've done masterminding, literally, I would say... For the last seven years or something and it's be, it's really helped my, take my business every single year up 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 and up because you have you're on a level with these people you know the first one i went into as a real rookie and the bloke who took me on board he's quite famous i won't say who it is he said amanda you're a bit of a what's it called you're you're the wild card said, well, fuck you, man! And I you know, because I've always been really ambitious and really wanted to succeed, but when he said that, I thought, like, okay, well, I'm gonna prove you wrong. Mm-hmm. And so and it was actually there that they christened me the ultimate door opener because I was starting off with the knitwear and actually that's when I kind of evolved into doing the PR, because they said, You could just open doors, you know, you're not scared to knock on that door, this door, the other door. And so so yeah, so it was masterminding is tool number one, which has really, really helped me, um, you know, grow my business because you're being surrounded. What is it? What is it that John Ron says? Is it the power of the people you're with or something? You know, you know that expression. Mm -hmm. What is it?
0: And Do you think the people in the mastermind, like is the, how do you pick a mastermind that's going to be great for you?
1: Um, I mean, you just kind of, you hear about it. You, you see the people you might've already been following them and then they go and invite you. So, um, and then, you know, I haven't actually ever been in a dud mastermind and I, t- and I'm going to say one thing, this is amazing. It kind of goes to my mates thing. I've got so many best, like literal best friends as a result of being in a powerful mastermind because you're kind of in it together for six months. They know you inside out, you know, each other inside out, you know, the problems that they got personally, professionally. And it's I tell you, it's brilliant. So those are my two M's. Do you want the other one?
0: <laughs> so you get your business mates from your masterminds. Yeah. Two for one, that is. Yeah. A two yeah.
1: for one. Like I'm having my fiftieth this year and I'm going do, you know, I actually need to look because I've got a list of about, you know, we're gonna go on a an abroad holiday. Let's hope coronavirus isn't gonna mess my plans up. And the invite list, I want to work out how many people are actually my friends from masterminds. Isn't that amazing? and do they differ like why
0: um you know in terms of mates you'll have your mates you had long before you set your business up from school or uni or whatever it is and then I'm guessing from the mastermind you end up with business mates is there a difference do you need them
1: yeah we all need each other and You know, I think what happens also when you do these masterminds, they kind of see the true you because you know one might come across on social media as as one person polished and you know never making a mistake or anything like that. But people actually see the real you, and you can just drop all those masks, and then they encourage you to drop your masks on social media. So um, yeah, and I think it's I think it's really good. But those friends, you know, my mates from I'm still really good, you know, best mates with my school friends, best mates with my MM friends.
0: You, you, you were mixing it up. So tell me
1: more about mentoring then. So mentoring. So my first experience of mentoring was actually, um, I was doing a bit of a LinkedIn stalk to somebody who I thought, Oh, she looks quite interesting with her background. She was a speaker. She was this, that, and the other, but she had been, it said in her LinkedIn that she was a, a Sherry Blair foundation mentor. And I thought, oh, that sounds interesting. So I trained up to become a mentor. So I mentor people I actually ended up having somebody um, a mentee in Pakistan and she was really shocked that I was going to be mentoring her you know why is this white English woman what the hell does she know about my interiors design company in Pakistan and because I've traveled so far and wide with my mum's business I've got you know international knowledge you know I, whatever but I spent a year mentoring her and she went from kind of like very quiet to super busy so we we ended up amazing terms but also recognizing that I also need a mentor and I know that all mentors need mentors need mentors you know so even like the highest ranking guru will have a mentor you know that don't you Lavelda (laughs) (laughs)
0: look, my mentors have been um, instrumental. They've changed over the years. I think, you know, it's, it's horse. I don't want to say horses for causes, but it depends on where you are in your personal journey. It's some people are designed to be with you for years and years and years and other people is to help you get from one stage to another. Sometimes you're just focusing on one particular area of your business. So you don't necessarily need a mentor on every different thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So if you're just zooming in on, you know, wanting to get your social media great, then maybe, maybe you just want a mentor that's quite specific. How have you tended to select your mentors?
1: Um, well, I selected one mentor. And again, we are best friends. Um, I saw her, we, I was going to this event. It was back in uh, 2015, 16. It was called the Kick-Ass club or kick-ass ladies club or something like that I can't remember I actually ended up winning the award darling kick-ass woman of the year (laughs) um but anyway but we all had to go around the table there's like 30 people and when this one woman said I thought bloody hell I need a bit of that in my life you know Mm -hmm. she said and I've had three businesses I've sold them I'm this and that and now I'm coaching women and I thought oh and then so she was a woman in a red dress and I thought yeah she looks great I really like the sound of what she does Then I got my train home to Essex and I passed the woman in the red dress on the train. I said, Oh, hi, Helen. Do you want if I sit with you? We got chatting, you know, and then like two weeks later, I signed up to be her bloody mentor. So that was good for her, wasn't it? (laughs) So it's kind of seeing her in action, you know, speaking to a group of people and being mesmerized thinking, yeah, I need a bit of that juice. Thank you so much. And then other mentors I have selected have been, you know, it's, I guess, you know, I've got some really good friends I've met through Twitter. Can you imagine? It's like online dating. <laughs> so, you know, you just kind of watch people and you see what they're doing, you see the results, and then you get a bit of feedback from other people who've worked with them, and that's really how you select a mentor. How important is that
0: feedback and results in terms of the selection process?
1: Well, it's important because you need to know that they are going to be a good match, but actually I think the main thing is it's whether you get on well and whether you think there's the right chemistry, but it is really important to get a good a few testimonials of, you know, she's worked with me and look at her results, blah, blah, blah. It's, you know, it's a sales job, isn't it? A vital testimonial gets you a long, long way.
0: (laughs) Um, I'm going to ask an interesting question around that because um, having, working with women myself, you get some people, everybody wants the results, (laughs) but not everybody necessarily wants to go on the journey for the results or they have a journey, a specific journey they have in mind. And if the journey you're taking them on sort of deviates from that or something else happens instead of what they were anticipating, then that can be quite a challenge. Have you had, how have you dealt with that as a mentee and a mentor?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we're all human and shit happens. You know, that is number one. Sometimes you just need to give your mentee, you know, like two weeks off or a one month off. I mean, I've got somebody I'm mentoring at the moment and things keep happening, you know, barriers keep happening. And you just have to hold the space, be kind and gentle, not too, you know, demanding, but just make sure that you are quite strict. And you actually want them to deliver the goods, you know, when they're over that hump, because you know, you probably think those humps are coming up because they're resisting their success, okay? So it's really trying to get around that and be, you know, be a caring mentor, you know, so that's what, you, what happens. And, you know, I've been a mentee, and I had a bit of a hellish year last year, like omf g It was a real hard year personally. Um, and, you know, and I think that my space was held also. And I was, instead of being taught so much business-y type stuff, I was actually taught a lot more uh, spiritually type stuff, which really has helped me get through quite a hard patch. So I think also you have to be flexible. Spin on a sixpence if you're a mentor or a mentee and just say, hey, I'm going through a bit of a bad time. Is it possible we can just veer away so much from the marketing and push, push, pushy type stuff of things? And can you help me, you know, personally? And, uh, and that really works as well. So it's useful for you to understand
0: that sometimes the journey you wanted to go on isn't the
1: journey you're going to get. Honey, it's a long, bumpy bastard of a journey, but, you know, you have your highs and your lows, your highs and your lows, your ebbs and your flows. It's what you call a roller coaster running your own business. But highly rewarding just think when you go on a roller coaster it's shit scary isn't it but you get off going whoo i feel good as a result Of you know what i mean like i bloody did it so yeah and that's what we all feel when we get the award we get into the press or we get that speaking gig You're, you train people amazingly how to become fantastic speakers you know so they're standing on stage and looking at the confidence that you've actually given them
0: so Amanda, people are going to be listening to this thinking, crikey, I want some of what she's got. This woman's got pizzazz and energy and va-va-voom and she she definitely knows how to knock on a couple of doors. If I could just get a little sip of whatever it is that she's drinking, I'm all up for it. How do people connect with you?
1: Okay, so I'm currently quite in love with Instagram. So across PR and Twitter, I am at Amanda PR expert, Okay. Uh, My website is fairly simple as well. It is literally www.amandapr.com. And um, and do you want my private telephone number, Lavelda? (laughs) i
0: joking. It, it, it's okay. We might get some people calling. You might not want to answer their calls. <laughs> They'll be watching this video going, mm-hmm, I'll have me a piece of Amanda. <laughs> if, you want, if you want to see the video, you're going to have to jump on YouTube. That's where that's going to be posted.
1: <laughs> I got this jacket because I was invited on a photo shoot for a magazine and I loved it so much. I bought it. Look at that. Isn't it hot?
0: Looking looking sexy, darling. Looking sexy. So
1: podcast listeners, you need to luck on to see this. Sexy jacket and also lovely laval. is beautiful. What are you wearing? Is it a jumper, a cardio, or a jacket?
0: Jacquet. Yeah. It's actually just the top, darling. But I'm glad that it looks like a jumper on the on the screen. I am I'm just wearing a shirt, which is highly unusual for me. Black and white, looking a little bit zebra, <laughs> a little bit zebra. Although I think zebra has stripes. This has got cow pat. We're off piste, Anyhow, <laughs> for people who've been listening and they're super, they want to get started. You've got a little gift, haven't you? Where people can kind of get started straight away with getting themselves into the press, understanding a little bit more about what PR is and how to work
1: it? Yes, I've got a um, training recording that you can watch. You can even listen to it, but it's probably best if you watch it, it's got lots of slides and examples on it. You literally just go to my website, amandapr.com, and you'll see this thing, This it's not annoying, this beautiful banner saying, watch my training now. And it's great. I had somebody on a phone call the other day saying, Amanda, thank you so much. You know, the four shifts, are actually, five. I take people through the five shifts that you need to do in order to do your own PR or to become more self-confident, and um, people find it really helpful. So just go and watch that, and uh, and if you need any help, I am here.
0: So all of those links are in the show notes, so you don't need to be writing this down with a pen and paper. That's why we have notes. So jump onto the show notes. If you're on YouTube, it's all in the comments, and you'll be able to click on those and go straight over, the, over there. You'll be able to see all of... Uh, All of the links Amanda's mentioned. If you want to connect in with me, you can see that. Find out about the Female Speakers Conference, which is coming up this November. All the deets are in the notes. Amanda, before we wrap up, though, darling, this has been fab. What one thing would you like to leave people with?
1: I would just like to leave them with this, JFDI. (laughs) Seriously, because if you ain't going to JFDI, who the hell? who the hell going to do it for you? And yes, I do watch RuPaul. Can I get an amen there, please?
0: Yeah. Amen. Yeah, I did that really badly. Um, so that, that is just get on and do, and do it.
1: it. Yeah, you know, you just have to. Don't please stop procrastinating. Do not have perfectionist paralysis. Just do it. Even if your website isn't perfect, you know, blah, blah, blah. You'll look at my website and there's things here, here, whatever. I'm out there. So just try and get yourself out there, because if you ain't going to do it, who the hell going to do it for you?
0: That is so true. I have a, um, there's a saying that goes, imperfect action is better than perfect inaction. Oh my God, I love it. It's beautiful, isn't it?
1: Is that Um, your own? Is that your IP?
0: No, it's not my IP. I heard it in a training seminar somewhere. It's probably somebody else's. I don't know who did it. Please, nobody come after me to find out exactly whose it is. It's not mine. (laughs) but it's it's helpful, it's helpful, so I'm sharing it. So imperfect action is better than perfect inaction. And so to just get on and start making things happen for yourself in the smallest way that you know how, put a tweet out there, send an email to a, um, or pick up the phone and smile and dial to somebody you want to get into their publication. Will you get it right the first time? Maybe, maybe not, but you only get to build the muscle of doing something. By doing it. It's like thinking you're gonna go to the gym, work out real
1: hard, be fit for life. Doesn't happen, peeps. It Just doesn't. doesn't happen. And um, then also a little tip there before we go is I really recommend start local because fuck it up locally. So, like, you know, if you're not if you're desperate to get into the telegraph or onto this morning show or whatever, practice your pitch. I was gonna say the B word, practice your pitch. To- Practice your pitch locally so you can make your cock up there okay to so like the local journalists you don't really mind if you don't get into the local press.
0: Do you know what? all of my guests want to leave the juiciest juiciest bits right till the end. You need to remember this make sure you subscribe to the channel because if you're not subscribed you're gonna miss out on all the hot hot tips. The thing is now people are going to just fast forward to the end. I didn't say that I'm cutting that out.. Um, <laughs> it's our secret you've got to watch till the end to get the best juicy bits exactly. uh, my name's Lavelda, Lavelda Vincenzi I've been interviewing Amanda Fitzgerald this is the Lavalda Show Women of Power podcast until next time go out there and just do it